0: Hello, coders, welcome to the Scrimber podcast. On this show, I speak with inspiring devs to learn how they found success and how you and other self taught devs can too. My guest today is Karan, who recently got his first web developer job at a service based company where he's now contributing to a Fortune 500 project and learning lots about React and TypeScript as he goes. In the end they couldn't hire Karan Quick enough.
1: I got a call in 15 minutes after my second round and they told me <laughs> they told me that I need to join from tomorrow <laughs> which was Oh my god. <laughs> everything was going super fast, you know. Like I didn't expect to crack the interview process and get my job in my first interview.
0: This podcast isn't only for Scrimba users, but if you are following the front-end career path and are active in the Scrimba community, this story is very much a success story for Scrimba and one we're very proud to share. Karen made the absolute most of all the resources afforded to him and then threw in a bit of spice in the form of some clever job hunting tactics and interesting books and other resources, all of which will be revealed in today's episode so that you can learn too. Let's get into it. Hey, Karen, welcome to the Scrimber podcast. This is the podcast where we speak to aspiring and hired developers to learn how they did it so our listeners can too. It's really great to have you here.
1: Thanks, Alex. I have been uh, listening to other people's episode and it's just inspiring, you know?
0: It's amazing.
1: I have been looking forward to this uh, for my episode.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm so excited to have you. How is the new job going, man? That's exciting as well.
1: It's going really good. You know, Uh, the team that I'm uh, assigned to, they're really helpful, accommodating a beginner and they have given me time to learn. They are giving me uh, enough time to get up to date with what technologies they use because they use a lot of different technologies that I haven't worked with. So it's exciting. Yeah.
0: What's the company called and what kind of work do they do?
1: The company is called Extensia Information Technology, and it's a quite old company. It's like 22 years, I think. It was founded in 1998. So it's a service-based company, and we we have got a project. It's a healthcare project from a Fortune 500 company. So it's a it's a very challenging project, and I'm really excited. You know, the projects are really exciting to work.
0: That's exactly what I love to hear. Like you've been learning, you've been looking for a job. It, it's almost like the real learning begins when you get your first job because now you're getting thrown into a code base and you're dealing with a fortune 500 company like that's that's a crazy experience so karen how did you learn to code well enough that you felt ready to start applying for jobs
1: so i started uh i was just learning graphic design i was just doing some adobe photoshop illustrator and uh, i just thought why not go with some html and css what That's how I got into coding, and then uh, I heard about Scrimba's front-end path, and I just enrolled it in the first week when you guys launched it, and that's how I started. I completed the front-end path in January, but I I, I still thought, you know, uh, I had an imposter syndrome, that I I wasn't well-equipped to go for interviews, but the community really helped me, you know, push forward to apply for jobs, yeah.
0: How long did it take you to complete the front-end career path? I know that when people, people often wonder that about Scrimba, so I'm curious to hear how long it took you.
1: I would say it took me around six months, but I took around a month and a half break during that time because of my exams. But I started in August and I, I just completed in January.
0: When you were learning, what was your approach? So you had the French End Career Path. I'm really pleased that it's been a useful resource for you. How were you kind of structuring your learning in terms of time and, and making sure you actually write code and not just follow tutorials? Did you build any projects and how did you manage your time while you approached those things?
1: I was waiting to complete my degree. So I, I had a lot of time to code. So... The front end path really helped me with all the topics and the projects were really helpful, but mostly what I did was I used to build some throwaway projects, a Twitter banner, how a tweet would ro- look like, you know, uh, something like that, a Facebook post and all those throwaway projects. I, I-, I built a lot of crappy things and I- I- I've never pushed those to GitHub as well.
0: <laughs> when you felt a bit more ready to start applying, How did you approach job opportunities?
1: I just used my uh, LinkedIn for my job hunt. And what I used to do is I used to find companies. And from there, I used to go to their websites and uh, I used to apply over there. But before that, I used to go through their description, the job role, what what it is required. But I still used to apply for jobs that I was like, it was asking for experience as well. I used to apply directly on the company website. I have got reply within like an hour or two from the HR as well. So I think that works, at least in my case.
0: So you were on LinkedIn, you were looking for opportunities, but instead of like doing the easy apply thing on LinkedIn, you went to their websites and you applied directly. I think it's interesting what you said that even when the jobs required experience, you as somebody with no professional experience yet, you still applied. Can you talk about that?
1: Yeah. The current job I'm at, they had a job opening and they required someone with two to three years of experience, but I still applied and they got back to me and they said we require experience, but we can take a chance. Like they are hiring, but I just need to be up and running with what tech stack they use. And they have given me enough time to do that. So I think I was a bit lucky in that you know
0: maybe but i feel like a lot of jobs if you have to take every box they would never get any candidates and so if someone's listening and they're not sure if they should apply for a job do you think they should just do it like what's the threshold i kind of guess like if you don't meet any of the requirements it's like they're looking for a senior developer with 10 years experience then maybe that's not the right place to go but what's the, what does that threshold look like where's the gap that new developers can almost squeeze in without experience, do you think?
1: I would say like, even if jobs are asking for a year or two years of experience, you can still apply. It's just up to you how you convince the interviewer. The person who is taking your interview should be convinced that you have got the skills and you can do the heavy lifting that they're looking for an experienced developer.
0: Tell me about Accenture then, like it sounds like you found them through LinkedIn and used your strategy of applying directly What did the process look like once they got back to you? Was it a screening call from there? How many interviews were there? And really, Karan, we would love to know everything. What were the challenges like and what kind of questions did they ask you? Please take us through the whole whole experience. Uh,
1: so I remember I started applying on 3rd of uh, May. And on 4th of May, I applied to the same company that I'm working, Extensia. And on the same day, they got back to me and uh, they scheduled an interview for the next day. And I didn't know about how many rounds I would have to go through. So they just told me the, fir- uh, the first round would be a technical round. And during the technical round, they asked me a lot of things about JavaScript. Like they just pushed me to my limits on JavaScript.
0: Was this like a phone call and they were kind of asking you kind of questions over the phone? Or was there a kind of coding element to it yet?
1: I didn't have to code anything. I had to explain them verbally. Uh, it was on uh, Microsoft Teams. I I just had to sometimes share my screen to explain something if I want to.
0: Was that surprising?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of people were surprised when I told them I didn't have to code a single line uh, during my interview. So, yeah, I was quite surprised with that. But uh, I think explaining verbally is a bit difficult than, I think, writing the code.
0: Yeah, I would agree. Like, we write code all the time. And... I sometimes think about code as like a language that computers understand, and you can get really good at speaking to computers. But when you go into the workplace, you have to start working with people as well and talking about code in human terms, like explaining everything and, and summarizing it. I'm impressed, like what kind of questions did they ask you? Do you remember any?
1: The most questions were about uh, error manipulations. What is JavaScript hoisting? What is event bubbling? Everything related to DOM how you query the things, the DOM nodes, and a a lot of, uh, you know, basic stuff. It wasn't the advanced stuff that they asked. It was a lot of basic. And the main thing that they asked was, you know, uh, countering my answers, like if I'm giving them correct answer, but they would counter me back just to check that I'm really confident with my answers.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Sounds like you had a good kind of two-way dialogue with them. And Dare I say it, I bet it was stressful, but probably quite fun as well, getting to talk about all these things you've been learning about. Was that it? Like, was it one phone call and they were like, Karen, come in? Or there was another stage?
1: After the first technical round, the HR got back to me and said that uh, they liked my profile so far. Like I cleared the first round and they wanted to schedule an uh, round two interview on the same day. And I thought, why not? So they just scheduled in like, three hours after the first round. And uh, this was the, (laughs) uh, yeah, exactly. It was a lot of things going on, you know. The second round was with the technical architect. So the person who interviewed me is now my reporting manager, a great guy. A lot of experience he has in tech field. So he took me- That's good.
0: He might be listening. You have to say that. Yeah.
1: I I will send this to him later when we release it. (laughs) He just tested my personality. It was not much of a technical round because the first round was a lot of technical things and it was getting too deep, but he just wanted to test how I would react in stress and all that things like he was giving me a bit tougher questions, but there were not many questions. He asked me like four to five questions. Some were a bit difficult, like I had to explain the few basic good questions to him orally so yeah it was a bit difficult but uh, yeah I, I somehow succeeded in explaining it.
0: do you think that your portfolio and gets a profile and stuff do you think that almost like greased the wheels and helped you kind of progress through the interview a bit more smoothly than somebody who only had a resume.
1: Exactly. The first round, the person who asked me the questions, she had a look at my portfolio and she was ready with the questions, you know. And she even asked if I did the uh, project is from some course. And the main thing I did was in my readme of my project, I have given acknowledgments to the original course, you know.
0: I see. And then you built on top of it.
1: So she asked me a few things about on my projects, what I did and everything around it. When I started the job they said they looked at my portfolio quite you know uh and that's why uh, i got the phone call even if i didn't have experience
0: oh really they told you that after they gave you the job i love that like when you're in the interview process they're probably not going to share too much but once you're part of the team they're like down, Karen we have to admit we were impressed by your portfolio and, and I'm happy to say that or assume that because I've seen your portfolio and it's really clean and appealing which is what matters the most and and so we'll link that in the show notes so anybody can check it out for a bit of inspiration. Oh. If you like what you're hearing on the Scrimber podcast today, why don't you subscribe and share a link to this episode with your friends on Discord or social media. And while you're there, be sure to follow me, Alex Booker, on Twitter, where I share highlights from the podcast and other news by Scrimber. My handle is at Booker codes. Next week, you'll hear me speak with Dylan Israel, a Scrimba teacher and front-end engineer at Amazon about communication skills and what to expect from your manager, your teammates and stakeholders when you finally join a company as a developer.
2: I have been in numerous situations where the, the president or the vice president has showed up on my desk and, hey, uh, I'm skipping five levels. I'm coming straight to you because I know you're the front-end guy. Don't, don't really know what your name is. I just need you to do the front end and I need you to do X, Y, and Z. I mean, how you say no to it is you say, okay, well, let me, um, give me just a moment. Let me figure out what that's going to look like and get back to you. And what you do is then you go to your manager and you say, hey, your boss's boss came up to me, wants me to do X, Y, and Z. This is a rough estimate of what it would be. Can you prioritize this and talk to him? And then it's up to your upper management to make sure that sort of the chain of command, if you will, flows through like they and it's not to say you don't want to help them. It's just by helping them, you are taken away from somebody else. And that's a decision they have to make, uh, not necessarily you. Because if you if you don't have this conversation and you just say yes to everything, a couple things end up happening. One, you're no longer respected because you can't say no, which means you always say yes, which means you get stepped on. And then your deliverables start slipping. And when you can no longer be counted on, you're no longer respected. And that means you're going to suffer when it comes to your reviews, your compensation. You're going to be constantly burnt out.
0: If you subscribe, you can look forward to that in your feed next week. But until then, here's Karen. Going to the second step of the interview, which you described as being more of like a personality test. I'm wondering about that because I can kind of understand like a coding test. Like, can you explain hoisting? Can you produce this output? It's kind of obvious what the right thing to do is. Even if you don't know the answer, you know there is a correct answer. How does someone test your personality?
1: It was a video call. So he asked me questions. Like he told me I want to build an app and how would you go about building everything it wasn't anything related to react or javascript stuff he just wanted to check my mentality of thinking and how i would go about building things
0: I see. so like mentality as well as personality that's a great problem to solve by the way i can totally imagine a question like that coming up in anybody listening's interview because i imagine what the interviewer wants to see is like okay you can build projects but how would you structure something a bit bigger? Like, how do you think about collaboration? Maybe like splitting the front end from the back end, maybe another teammate works on the database design, kind of appreciating all these parts kind of matters. But I think maybe the personality part of it is like, sometimes you just don't know, right? Like you can admit like, Mm, I think this would be a good approach and you might even ask like what do you think and that would say a lot about your personality like you don't assume you know things and you're eager to learn. Was there an element of that do you think?
1: At the end of interview I just asked him like what was his feedback on my my technical skills and he just gave me an honest feedback and I think that was something I liked. The thing is my company uses uh, React class components and I haven't used that uh, you know, uh, as the world is moving with functional components. So in the first round, I, I, I was really honest with them that I really don't know class components in depth, but I have general idea. The interviewer on the interview helped me, uh, like she explained me what a class components are and she helped me with that.
0: That's very, very encouraging. I'm absolutely sure that like, for that person or that team it was like okay karen doesn't have two or three years experience but obviously you know a lot of stuff already and you're teachable right like if they're teaching you in the interview and you're listening with earnest i think that could only be a great a great thing so fair play to you for that okay so they bombarded you with questions in one day you had two (laughs) interviews back to back hopefully they gave you the job that same day
1: I I got a call in 15 minutes after my second round and they told me, uh, (laughs) they told me that I need to join from tomorrow, (laughs) which was, oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. Everything was going super fast. You know, like I didn't expect to crack the interview process and get my job in my first interview. Yeah.
0: Very, very impressive. Okay. I know that you completed the Friends End career path and that's a huge accomplishment, but I also recognize that you've been such a helpful member in the Scrimba community, so much so that we recognize you as a community hero. Can you tell us a bit about the Scrimba community and how you approached it?
1: So I was quite active. I used to use Discord just for gaming purposes earlier. And I think Scrimba was the first channel that I joined that was related to coding. I wasn't active at the start because I was a bit, you know, uh, shy for asking questions. But over the time I got, uh, I used to ask in the study group and I met a lot of cool people in the study group at the start. I got my study buddy. I just met the person. Uh, So he's from India as well. And we both did the career path side by side and it was helping other person out and checking on your friend if you are lacking somewhere. And I think for me getting the job, community had a really big part because I used to talk with a lot of people over there, Phil, Ben, Daniel and uh, Tarek, Michael as well. They used to push me, you know, go apply for interviews where you're not applying I was procrastinating, I was thinking that I'm not well prepared even after, you know, two months after I, I have completed the career path.
0: So if I'm hearing you correctly, you found an accountability partner through the Scrimberg community who you could work on the front-end career path with, yeah. and I'm assuming a lot of these conversations about career with Alex, Michael and so on, this happened in like the career advice discord channel where people can talk about, um, yeah, finding a job.
1: Yeah, exactly. Career advice channel, yeah.
0: One more thing on top of those two things is that you would often help people, right, with technical questions or career questions if you could, right? You actually took a viewpoint, which is like, oh, I'm reading these books. I found these resources. Maybe, maybe they will help you too. But, but broadly, you were always ready to help, I think.
1: Yeah. So the main thing I started, you know, helping, it was by accident. Someone posted, I don't remember who. But they posted something about JavaScript array manipulation. And I thought, I don't know that. So let me just Google it. I just went to MDN, refreshed my uh, knowledge about array manipulation. And I went to the Discord and I just answered wh- where he was lacking. So it got it just got a habit that uh, if I didn't knew the question that was asked, I used to Google... I used to watch something on YouTube and then I used to answer that. I think that's how I got good at coding because initially when I started in last year, uh, I started JavaScript, but it was too much for me even understanding a for loop. I just left JavaScript and I went back to CSS because I was loving CSS at that time.
0: I want to make like a crazy observation, which is that you just said that in particular, someone asked you about array manipulation, you didn't know the answer. So you researched it. you learned it, you kind of solidified what you'd learned by helping that person just a few months ago. And earlier in this interview, you talked about how when they interviewed you for the job, they asked you about array manipulation.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I think it was a bit selfish of me, you know, because I used to go back, I used to practice those questions and it really helped me prepare for my technical interviews as well.
0: I'm a big believer in that strategy. I I almost think it's like a coding problem simulator. Like you can solve quizzes and stuff online and get a few certifications, but they're not as nuanced as what real programming problems can be. And when you help someone on Discord, it's kind of like a simulator of you being in a job and someone coming to your desk and saying, "Hey, Karen, can you help me with this?" and then you you collaborate and you work on it together. You ask a follow up question. You kind of learn how to talk about code. So when they ask you to verbally explain something like hoisting or whatever in your first interview, you're kind of you're kind of ready to talk about it. It's not you're not going to clam up and be like, "Oh, I've only talked to the computer the whole time I've been learning to code." You you've been talking with real
1: people. Yeah, exactly. We used to hang out in the clubhouse or hangout channel and we have helped people over there. And I really enjoyed, you know, uh, someone sharing their screen and we were figuring the problem over that. I think uh, the community, Screenba community has been a really big part in my tech job. So, yeah, I'm really glad for the community.
0: I'm very, very happy to hear that. One thing I reckon is that when you help a lot of people and you're active in the community, you kind of recognize patterns, maybe. And I know that there are lots of people in the Scrimba community who want to get a job as a developer. Where do you think people struggle the most? And how can we help each other going forward?
1: So mostly people procrastinate, like They don't know exactly what they want to do, not in terms of their life or like that, but including what they want to do. If they want to do web dev or machine learning, data science, you need to know what you want to do, like what you like. And once you know that, you need to have a schedule, not exactly like not everything micromanage, just a over that you know i just need to finish in a month like this and that the other topics and i can be applying for interviews in like six months or a year it depends on the person i think uh, people mostly uh, lose motivation because of accountability they don't know someone a mentor i would say or a friend that they can look up to they can talk
0: there's some very good points and i definitely recognize that as well that's kind of why we created the accountability channel on discord so if you're listening and you want to find an accountability buddy um i'll put some more details in the show notes but you can go there write a little self ad describing what you're looking for um, and someone might reach out to you or you can reach out to someone else and yeah, I I feel like coding is better when you're having fun. Like in general, the biggest productivity hack is to like have fun while you're doing something. Like Karen, when you and I are playing Valorant or something, you don't need to think about being productive, right? Yeah. Because It's just fun. Yeah, we can do it for hours. (laughs) I guess variety is important too, right? Like you can dip into some code, dip into some community stuff. I I guess that was always your approach because you were very, very active in a lot of the Zoom events and like you mentioned, the Hangouts channel.
1: The main thing that I used to, you know, uh, attend the events was for fun, uh, getting to know other people as well. It was just my getaway from coding because I can't go out of my house because of all the lockdown here.
0: That's the worst (laughs) Yeah, totally. (laughs) When you were helping people in the career advice channel you would often share like some cool resources i was wondering if you could tell us and everybody listening about some of the resources that helped you get the job if someone's doing the front-end career path that's great you you will learn to become a hireable developer if you do it right one thing we're always trying to be better at and improve is helping you close the gap between, you know, going from having the skills to build projects independently to to actually getting the first job. We we need to do better. We we're always doing better, and that's why we're doing a podcast like this. But there are other resources that can help you. So Karen, could you maybe you could talk about a few that helped you?
1: The first thing when people apply for a job, uh, they don't really, you know, uh, spend some time with their resume. They just copy from an online resume editor or something like that, or their friend's resume, they just change it. I got very good advice from Michael. He suggested me a book called Tech Regime Inside Out. I, I just read it. It's not a big book. And I think you can read it in a weekend or two. So Mm -hmm. I I read that I made my uh, resume, you know, curated to what I am as a person, as a developer. I am like my expertise, what skills I have. I did that. Then I had a book for my interview prep. It's by Emma Boston, uh, Decoding the Technical Interview. It's a very good book. It has uh, good illustrations to understand topics. And it's mostly focused on front end. So it helped me a lot in my front end interview as well. Then I have a Git repo that I really use for my data structures. It's an amazing resource. The open source community is really helpful because I have a lot of bookmarks that I really use for my, not just interview prep, but as a developer.
0: I've got notes of the tech resume inside out. We have the book by Emma Bostian, Decoding the Technical Interview Process. I like the heading, Never Bomb a Technical Interview Again. And for what it's worth, I've seen this recommended in other places too. And then, yeah, let me get a link to the algorithms repo that you spoke about. And we'll put that in the show notes for everybody too.
1: I just wanted to ask, what are you guys, you know, as a company, like what are your plans for the community? Because I think that plays an important role for people getting jobs and getting all the help.
0: That's a great question. I think you've touched on a lot of the very real problems, like staying motivated. Um, You said you felt a bit shy about asking questions when you first got to the community and yeah like you want variety and some fun as well as an ability to meet people and stuff like that and so kind of our job in building an awesome community is to like solve all those problems and try different things to make people feel more comfortable and welcome and obviously like host events and do podcasts that are genuinely valuable to people. I think the next thing people can look forward to is some improvements to the discord server Because what's cool about Discord is that it has an API. An API for anybody who might be newer to backend programming stands for Application Programming Interface. And it allows developers like us to code extensions to a Discord server to make it do some custom things. Like if you've experienced the power hour in Discord it's using the Discord API to kind of open and close the channel at specific times. We think there's a lot we can leverage that API for. For example, when you join the server, we can make it even more welcoming and give you better guidance about how to find help and reassure you that this is a great place to find help. We can also maybe, can't say too much, but because we have to always kind of... I'll tell you what, like at Scrimba, everything we do, we ask ourselves like, what is the most highly impactful thing we can do to help developers get jobs? We have to keep asking that question. So sometimes things change. We try an event, like the social events, and even though it's a lot of fun, we actually stopped doing that event and started doing the fireside chat instead because you kind of learn more and there's a social element to it. Um, One idea that we'll see if it works well is to like, gamify things a little bit like what if we can help you stay motivated by kind of affording points as you participate in the power hours or meet a daily coding streak or something damn karen you've really pulled out like a bit of a teaser here because i think that's super exciting
1: exactly yeah it's it's a great feature like i think it's a good thing like getting points for helping someone
0: you would have a lot of points my friend
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah
0: all right karen thank you so much for joining me it's been a pleasure thanks alex i'll see you at the meetup tomorrow i'm sure
1: yeah definitely i'm not missing that
0: thank you for listening to this episode of the scrimber podcast My guest today was Karan from the Scrimba Discord community. In fact, if you go to the show notes, you can find Karan's Discord username and send him a message. There's a pretty good chance Karan can chat with you and help you out. It's just who he is. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with someone else, especially on social media. We're often searching the podcast on social media to see what people are saying, good or bad, mostly good, I'm glad to report, and your support is very encouraging, so please keep it coming. Thanks to Janos Senevic for editing the episode. I'm your host, Alex Booker, and you can follow me on Twitter at BookerCodes. See you next week!